I feel like it's not even the business part. It's more of saying no to everything else. Because when I'm doing business, I feel like I'm in my wheelhouse. I love what I do. You know, it fills me. But then everything else is like, I get overwhelmed with that. And then when I get overwhelmed, I just shut down and don't do anything. Hi, I'm Jacqueline Snyder, and this is the Product Boss Podcast. I've helped launch and grow thousands of product-based businesses, even one of my own. And over the last 20 years, I've seen behind the scenes of businesses just like yours. Whether they are makers, manufacturers, artists, or food and beverage businesses, I have spent so many hours studying it all. I've discovered what makes them successful. What are mistakes they could avoid? How did they turn an idea into successful business? and what are strategies they have used to make more sales and be discovered by more customers. This is what this show is all about. Whether you're just starting out or you're looking to become a million dollar product boss, I'm here to give you the permission to chase your dreams, no matter how big or small. All you need is the right mindset, a little courage, strategy, and support, and you too can be the next million dollar product boss. Let's do this. Happy February, Product Boss. Okay, during this time of year, I'm all about making sure you're on track to make this your best year yet. And it all starts with making sure you have the right tools at your fingertips. That's why I'm so excited for you to check out Sales Hub from HubSpot, an all-in-one platform built with the tools and insights you need to communicate with your customers, create reminder tasks for your deadlines, and lean into the data when it comes to focusing on which products you should market next. Now, I know you might be thinking, okay, but how much is it going to cost? And I'd be asking the same thing, but guess what? Sales Hub is free to get started on. Plus, you can be up and running in just minutes. With Sales Hub, closing deals is no big deal. Head to hubspot.com slash sales to try it for free. Hey, product bosses. Today's coaching session is with Anella, owner of Pua Kenny Kenny Designs, a Hawaii-based product business specializing in bags and totes featuring an iconic Pua design. She's getting to a good place with her business, but with seven kids and a whole lot of other obligations and responsibilities, she's feeling overwhelmed and like she doesn't have enough time to accomplish everything she wants to. I mean, who are we kidding? Of course she doesn't have enough time, right? And we need to figure out how we can solve for this. We're going to look at how we can hit her revenue goals while planning around her slow and busy seasons, as well as where she might be able to make some time in her schedule to do what she needs to do to scale her business. All right, let's jump in. It's podcast recommendation time. And this month, I am obsessed with The Hustle Daily Show, hosted by Juliet Bennett Ryla, Rob Litterst, Ben Berkeley, and Mark Dent. Brought to you by the HubSpot Podcast Network, the audio destination for business professionals. I love their offbeat and informative takes on business and tech news. In one of the most recent episodes, they dive into how the pink Stanley Tumblr Rose is dominating water bottle sales. Thanks to internet fame, even though Stanley itself is a hundred year old company. And now you know that I've done an episode on this and I am obsessed with the Stanley story. 
So this goes even deeper into the Tumblr rose color. Now, as a product boss, this is the perfect example of what can happen when you find and lean into a marketing strategy that works for you. Listen to The Hustle Daily Show wherever you get your podcasts. All right, Anella, welcome. And so I'm so excited to have you. I've seen the growth of Pua Kenny Kenny Designs over the past several months. I mean, you were crushing it. We were in one of our live challenges. And I remember you had just joined this free challenge. And then you're like, just in the last couple of days, this happened to me. And then this happened to me. And then you jumped in as a student into multi-stream machine. And I think you had these like incredible results so quickly. But before we go deeper into your results and where you want to be, would you mind going a little bit deeper in what Pua Kenny Kenny is? Sure. Aloha. My name is Anela Mahoy, the owner of Pua Kenny Kenny Designs. And I sell bags and accessories with the Pua Kenny Kenny Lei and flower designs. So Pua Kenny Kenny is a popular flower in Hawaii and Polynesia. It, it has a beautiful scent. So you, you'll recognize it when you wear the Lei or you're around the plant. So I just did a little bit of market research as far as like, you know, what is selling in Hawaii. And there is a bunch of local vendors that do all kinds of products. But for me, I wanted to focus on bags and I wanted to really hone in on the poor Kenny Kenny design because it was popular and it's my favorite flower. Oh, amazing. Beautiful. Before you had kind of found the product blaster, joined our programs, where was your business? What were you doing? How were you selling and how did you feel like it was going? Yeah. So when I started my business, I opened up a Shopify shop and then I bought my products through Alibaba. So at the time when I found the product boss, I started building on my email list and then did a couple of in-person shows. So, you know, sort of just getting my business name out there and my products, you know, aware, people aware in the community about who I am and what I sell. And you're in Hawaii? Yes. What island? Oahu. Oh, amazing. So you were doing in-persons in Oahu or? A couple. Yeah, I did a couple when I first started. And then you mentioned Alibaba. So you had this idea because you can find people we can source on Alibaba, but you were definitely still doing your own designs, right? So you just found like a bag manufacturer, but then told them the design that you wanted or was it all kind of done and finished when you found them? Nope. So I worked with a graphic designer that I found on Etsy and then, you know, kind of built a relationship with her, licensed some of the the designs that she already had. And then I also continue to work with her to get like special designs. So it's, you know, exclusive to just Pua Kenny Kenny designs or, you know, just like a few, because there are some designs that are used with other local vendors. So, you know, you don't want to like look the same as everybody else. So I kind of wanted to you know, stand out from the crowd. When did you start your business? I started in May. So that's when I officially got like, you know, all the licensing and all the back-end business admin stuff. Started selling regularly in July. Okay. So May of 2023, you started, July, you started selling regularly. And then when I was asking sort of your current state of your business, you're in the beginning of stages. You feel like your people are slowly finding out about your business. You do have a Facebook ad running to build up your email list. And then since May though, you've made 700 sales. And then you said sales have picked up significantly in October and November, but have slowed in December and January since you haven't been emailing as much as the previous months. So, I mean, that's pretty incredible to have 700 sales. Were those happening online, in person, a combination of both? And like, where do you find 
your main sales channel? Like what is the main faucet that if I were to turn it off, your business would like really shut down? The main one would be through email. I get most of my sales through email. And then I also have a texting list. So both of those, I think it's mostly email though that the sales come through, but it's mostly through my Shopify shop. Okay. So your reach, so it sounds to me like you're using paid ads to find the people and get them to join your email list. Is that correct? Correct. And then you're marketing to them through email. And then the conversion point is happening on your Shopify platform. Yep. Exactly. Amazing. But 700 Mm -hmm. is incredible. Do you mind sharing how many people you have on your email list? Yeah, I have. At the last check, it was 2200 okay. I'm almost at the next threshold for, you know, I have to pay more, you know, <laughs> to the email service provider. I know. It's like, you're okay with people unsubscribing. That's pretty amazing because 700 sales is basically a third of your email list, which is incredible. So it sounds like where you want your business to go. So for 2024, you would like to hit $100,000 a year and you want more people to know you exist. But it looks like your average monthly revenue goal is seventy two hundred a month. Like, is that since August September that you started hitting around that? Yep, actually, November would have been my biggest month, so that's where I kind of hit that average. Okay, seven thousand. Yeah. Okay, so what we probably want to do is we could take your number from last year and create a run rate. Now you started in May. You probably started selling in July, so it's hard to measure, right? July, you were just starting. So baby, baby business. We hit the holidays, which is a really fantastic time. People are buying, their wallets are out. And then you said sales have slowed December, January, which is 100% typical. So nothing's broken. Could you share what your revenue was last year? Would you be open to that? Yeah. Last year, last I checked was 43,000. Okay. So yeah, your run rate is pretty much 7,200. So when you say you want to get to $100,000, I think that is so easily reachable for you because you really only need $8,333 on average a month to have that $100,000 a year. And so you're, you know, less than $1,000 away on average. And we know that some months are going to be slower and some months are going to compensate and be busier, which is going to help you hit that average run rate. Mm -hmm. So we like to say 1x to 3x. So 1x means kind of like a baseline amount you want to make per month that feels like you're paying your bills. You're not having to go into your own bank account. You're able to pay all the things that we need to pay for. You're able to, you know, reorder stock if you need to reorder stock, keep the lights on, and then let's say pay yourself. I'm not sure if you're paying yourself yet or if you have a team. But what would you say like your baseline goal is? And then I know we can get to the higher amounts. So what do you need to make? I haven't really measured that number, but (laughs) I would say roughly 5,000. Okay. A month. So 5,000 a month. Okay. So then your November month, how much did you make last November? November. I want to say it was like 11. Okay. 7,000. I was going to say like 15 would be 3X. So this year. Yeah, it was 11,000. So then, so let's then say for your busiest months, for your busy months, the months that you know, like we're going to crush it, that 11 to $15,000 should be your goal. And then your goal for all the months, like January, February, all that, probably trying to get to that $5,000 goal. Okay. Does that seem doable or does that seem hard based on what your December and January look like? No, it's doable. It's just, I got to make sure that I'm getting my emails out and text messages and be regular with that. I want to go into my 1X to 3X framework a little more for you. So I think a lot of times when business owners 
think that they have to be doing something every month and they have to be growing their business month over month over month. But my friend, that's simply not sustainable. So 1x means that it's really just the amount of money we need to probably keep the lights on, to keep paying our bills, to buy the inventory that we need, to pay the salaries that need to get paid, right? That's the 1x. That's the baseline. That's the, if I go below this, I'm going to have to start putting things on credit cards. I'm going to have to pull out money. But this amount of money, the 1x is the amount that like feels good, feels at pace. But 3x means that in our busy months, when we know customers have their wallets out and they're ready to buy more, so a perfect example is during the holiday season or Mother's Day, Valentine's Day, right? There's all these different holidays that come up to get people to spend. 3x means that we want to three times our sales. So if you're typically making $5,000, that's your 1x month, that's the month that you want to make that money. Could you 3x, could you make $15,000 in your busier months. And why I think that's so helpful is then you're not going to overwhelm yourself with growth and scale and growth and scale every single month. We need to pace it and know some months are going to be slower, but we have to hit a certain amount. And other months are the months where we're going to make it rain. Those are the months where we're going to sell a lot. So that's what we're going to work with Anella on. Also, Being in Hawaii, your busy season for tourists is December, January, right? It's like that resort touristy time. So Mm -hmm. for next year, knowing that maybe online sales and local sales might slow down, tourists come in, at least when the world's not frozen and they can make their flights (laughs) because there's been a lot of issues with that. But, you know, I know that like when I was selling swimwear and I have some students on the islands, we knew that like resorts, because we're going to jump into talking about wholesale, but knowing who is buying more significantly for those months, knowing that they have customers coming in. Right, right. So you can compensate for when you know you can sell direct to consumer and sell through email and sell them to your website versus, okay, I know that I slowed down online direct to consumer at this time, but I've already got sales coming in from retailers even within the islands, that they're buying because they have foot traffic coming in from tourists. Right. Does that make sense? Yep, that makes sense. And I also wanted to reach the market. I know there's a lot of local people that live on the West side or the West coast, right? Mm -hmm. Washington, Oregon, California. So I did want to reach that market, but that's been kind of slow. I think we're going to have to test and try because your product is very Hawaii- right? With the Pua Kenny Kenny designs, you know, like with the flower, it is definitely something that people attribute to when they're shopping there. But just, you know, talking about a brand that makes you feel like you're always on vacation. Tommy Bahama is a brand that branches out, you know, it's almost like vacation all the time. So he doesn't live on an island, actually is landlocked, but he'll always wear like a Santa Claus Tommy Bahama shirt. So it's like Santa in a convertible, yeah, in the islands (laughs) with palm trees, right? So I think that there's this idea as you're starting to branch out and build your business, thinking about it as a brand and like, how can you take the islands with you or like the Hawaiian islands with you, no matter where you are. So it might end up shifting and changing and evolving. We're not there yet. You're less than a year old as a business. You obviously have a lot of responsibilities. You still have a full-time job. It looks like you volunteer for the church. You have two babies and an older kid, just a lot of stuff. Like you feel like that heavy burden on your shoulders. I have seven. 
Seven children? <laughs> yeah. Oh my goodness. And you look uh, yeah. so young and so <laughs> chill. Yeah. Because you've had seven babies. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Yeah. So seven kiddos. So to yeah. say you're overwhelmed yeah. with responsibilities, <laughs> that makes a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. So I know you want to talk about wholesale because wholesale is great because it's something that you can do once you can deal with the buyers. And then it's not that everyday situation, like direct to consumer where an order comes in or the everyday launching, but is there anything I can support you in when it does come to you? You're overwhelmed. Like, how can I help you with that? I mean, I've tried time blocking that works for a while and then it doesn't, you know, and then getting up at three in the morning that works till I'm like, you know, zombie. (laughs) But no, I think just, the support from like the groups and, and listening to the podcast that helps a lot. Like, okay. Just the encouragement, you know, that, that helps. What's your biggest bottleneck though? Like what's the thing that you feel like gets in your way the most where the overwhelm starts to kick in? Like what is the stuff that you feel like I need to be doing for my business and it relies on you and you're like, ah, but I got these kids and this job and all the other things that I need to do. So where do you feel like your bottleneck hits? I feel like it's not even the, the business part. It's more of saying no to everything else. Because when I'm doing business, like, I feel like, you know, I'm in my wheelhouse. I love what I do. You know, it fills me. But then everything else is like, I get overwhelmed with like, because I coach volleyball too. So, you know, people are relying on me in in that sense. And then I get overwhelmed with that. And then everything, when I get overwhelmed, I just shut down and don't do anything, you know? Totally. Yesterday, I was like an inch away from crawling into my bed and like curling up into a ball and be like, nobody find me here. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I was so overwhelmed. So what can we take off of your plate? So out of the stuff that you're doing, the, the things that you need to do versus you've been doing, but now you've started a company that you want to grow. And I'll say that the most impact you can have is getting this business making, like you said, that hundred thousand and 200,000 and 300 and up from there or wherever you want to grow it to, because the impact that you can have by making money in your business and having profit that then, for example, I know that you do communications work for your church and I'm not saying to stop church, but you could eventually write a check for your church, right? You could help in other ways and donate in ways that you can when you have surplus money in your pocket, which is hard, I think, for women because a lot of times we're like, how can I be everything to everybody? And I want to be helpful. But then there is this level of like, you have seven children, you coach club volleyball, which means you're going to tournaments, right? And you've got practice and all that. You have client work, all the things that like, it's going to get very hard to expand. And you obviously have a pretty awesome business with how fast it's grown. So what do you think you could pull off your plate that you could say no to that I could support you in? You put me on the spot. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) I don't know. I I guess I would have to write it all down and prioritize them and and see which one is the most important to me and and say no to the rest. I, okay. I, I'd need more time for that. Okay. Yeah. So I want to just encourage you to take time to do that. I used to be class mom for my kids because I knew I worked a lot. So there's that mom guilt that I had. And I was like, I want to be involved at school. And this is the part that I can be involved at school at because, you know, there's always something. They're always like, there's a bake sale. There's a this. We need parents to volunteer for that. And this year I decided, especially because for me needing to fully step into my role at the product boss and support the company and the impact and helping you and our community and everyone else, I was like, this is where I have to make the decision of, I really am going to have to say no to some of the things I used to do and let go of the guilt. So for school, 
I've stopped volunteering for certain things. I don't have the capacity. But then for my son's field trip, for example, I said, okay, I'm going to volunteer for a field trip parent. And I did that with him. And it was more of this impact that I could have in one day versus feeling like every time they come to me and they ask me to do something that I felt like, oh, should I say yes? Oh, I guess I'm not doing anything that Friday night. I mean, I'm telling you, I've gone to these events and felt guilty that I wasn't running booths at the Halloween fair or whatever it is. But I also know the bigger impact I will be able to have for the community at a whole and for women and all the things by saying no to certain things and letting that go, right? Or being with my kids while they're actually doing the, I don't know, bounce house versus working the booth. So take some time and it doesn't have to be forever, but you might say, as I'm growing this business and I really want to get this business to $5,000 a month on my slower months and between ten dollars to $15,000 months on my busier months, until I'm able to get this business doing that, I'm going to say no to these other things because let me tell you, the second you start to get your business making the money and we get it more on autopilot or more comfortable, like built into your bones, the beautiful thing is is you'll actually have money to be able to hire someone to do this stuff for you. I know that's like far off, but you will be able to either hire a babysitter or a nanny or like someone who drives your kids around. Like there's so many things that when you and Ella start to make money, you'll get to choose what you want to do with your money. And it might be for stuff in the business, stuff at home, so that it just frees you up to be more aligned with who you want to be. Good. Does that make sense? That makes sense. Yep. Okay. I didn't mean to put Anella on the spot here, but this is an important conversation to have. When you're feeling overwhelmed by everything that's on your plate, you have to ask yourself, which of these am I choosing to busy myself with? And knowing that it's taking time away from my business because every yes is a no to something else. Will I choose to continue doing it? These are going to be some difficult decisions. We want to be able to do everything, but that's just not realistic. So take your time, choose your priorities, and unapologetically focus on them. Hey, hey, product boss. Okay, so we all know that building a product-based business isn't easy, is it? But here's the truth. It also doesn't have to be so hard. In fact, when you have the right systems and support in place, you can skyrocket your sales and finally create the product business that fits your life and your lifestyle. So that's why I'm so excited to announce that the doors to Multi-Stream Machine are officially open and we have a killer $500 off discount for a limited amount of time. So if you're a product-based business owner who's ready to build a sustainable and thriving business that can support itself and pay you the salary that you deserve, and if you want a clear roadmap that shows you exactly how to create a plan to sell more so that you can stop guessing and start knowing, I want you to know that this program is in place and you can go through this course at your own pace. And my friend, your satisfaction is guaranteed. Our thousands of alumni can tell you there's no other program like this for product-based businesses in the world. Now, I've taken my 20 years of experience in building product-based businesses, including my own business, which we've created this completely turnkey system to help you scale your business and create the revenue you've dreamed of. Or if you're looking to get more customers, right? Customers to find you easily and to buy from you. And I wanna do all of this without you spinning your wheels. 
And also I teach you how to do this without being stuck on social media or spending money on paid ads. So that's why you're going to want to head to multistreammachine.com and grab this really special limited time offer. And I'll see you inside. So let's dive into wholesale then. So you feel like if you could build a wholesale arm of your business and that you wouldn't be completely reliant on direct-to-consumer, in-person events, and all the things. So have Mm -hmm. you tried selling wholesale yet? Not yet, but I did reach out to my email list to give me, you know, some of the places that they know of, like uh, boutiques and gift shops, because I have um, customers that are on the outer islands and they ask me like, oh, do you have a shop and stuff? Mm -hmm. So I say, no, I don't. But if you can recommend places where I can put my products, you know. And they respond? Yeah, yeah. So I have several places that I can reach out to. And in terms of your production and the product that you have made, because I'm going to back it up into understanding your design, pre-production, production phase, because when we sell wholesale, we need to know like what product we have to sell to them and can we keep up and ship when we say we're going to ship. Because if you're considering wholesale, the worst thing you can do is take an order and then not be able to fulfill the order. The thing about you versus some of the makers in our community and stuff is like, you know, a jewelry maker, they might get a wholesale order and then spend the next two days all night awake beating the bracelets that that store ordered versus you and a lot of our community that they manufacture somewhere else. We either have to be working in one of two ways. Either we're working ahead of season, which is what I'm more typically used to, where there would be a phase of time where I'm going and I'm selling, it's usually about six months ahead of time that they're buying. So in September, when we all hear about September fashion week, the whole point of it is actually presenting to the buyers for buyers to buy for the stores. That's actually why there's runway shows. So technically we've got stores right now buying that far out for fall, winter of 2024. But we also have buyers buying immediates and immediates means they can be shipped within like two weeks to the store. So it's like what's available versus ahead. So if we jump to thinking ahead, what would be amazing is let's just say your brand was a little bit more established and we teach this inside of multi-stream machine and I know you're a student, so you can jump into that module, but people have line sheets. So basically like you would have your designs, you'd have your new prints and your colors and your bag shapes and samples. And in these months, you would be, let's say, calling up stores and saying, hey, we're taking orders for fall, winter 24. Here are the line sheets. We've got some samples if you want me to show them to you. And they would write an order. They would sign that order. It's a purchase order. And then what's cool for you, Anella, is then you would then place an order with your manufacturers wherever they are in China or wherever. And you would know, okay, I usually make, I don't know, let's just say 100 of this bag in black that I know I can sell to my customers direct to consumer. But then I have stores that have ordered 50 more of them. So maybe now I know I can place a 200-piece order because I have 50 assigned to stores, 100 to my boutiques, and I'm going to buy some extra if they have reorders or if I sell more than I expected. So what's cool is you're not actually just guessing a number and having to make the product, but you have orders against the designs. So you know what's resonating with people early or not. And then you go into production, it comes in, and then you're ready to ship it in the fall. Does that make sense? Okay. So that's like the typical way. That's the way I worked with in fashion, accessories, and apparel. Then we have the new way. I sigh out because it's very hard for businesses to function this way. (laughs) So 
let's say I was still running my business like that. I would still have immediates, which means I would still have product on hand that if I wanted to sell to a store and say like, hey, I can ship this to you in February or April or May, I have this product. It's called Open to Sell. And you might know you have 25 of this black bag available. And you might be contacting stores and saying, I have 25. So let's say five of those stores buy up all of the 25 and you're going to be delivering them throughout the next few weeks. Then they're done. They're sold out. That's open to sell. And then the other way that I see a lot of our students and community and product bosses functioning is they're using platforms like FAIR, for example. And I know we talk about this in the program inside of Multistream Machine, but FAIR has kind of turned into the Etsy of wholesale. It has a lot of people on there selling a lot of stuff, and it has a lot of people shopping it, trying to buy a bunch of stuff, but neither are doing it the traditional way. And I'm not saying there's something wrong with disrupting the industry, which they have, but it doesn't set you, the manufacturer or maker, up for success when you're reacting to orders that are coming quickly. So FAIR has established it that it is kind of like a boutique can find you on the platform, you have your product listed, they can buy it, and then you ship it as if it was a direct-to-consumer order quite quickly. And it's not typical because especially for you as a manufacturer, you technically need time to manufacture product. And if you sell the stuff to boutiques at half price, let's just say at like wholesale price versus retail price, if you're busy and you're at a tournament and you get an order, it feels like, oh, I have to send this out like immediately and get it out. And that's not as sustainable long-term. So because that is the way that business is functioning now, it would be great if you could have a combination of both. I really don't want my students building on this sort of like, oh, this is going to come out of nowhere and oh crap. Like I have to have all this product on hand because the other side of like having all this product on hand is it's cash on the shelves and we don't know that it's going to sell. And so if we can combo this idea of finding stores, finding retailers and selling them ahead of time if possible before you go into production overseas and having some product on hand that you could sell in this new way of like fair and immediates and open to sell, it's a healthier, more sustainable business than a reactive business of you just guessing about product, having the product ready to ship. And what if like out of the bags you have, one, you think, oh, that's going to hit. It's going to be amazing. And you order a huge amount of them and nobody buys them. That's how you get stuck with product on hand. So it would have been better if we were kind of showing it to retailers ahead of time because retailers are almost like a, what's it called? Like not a fortune. What do fortune tellers read? The bowl, the ball. Um, crystal ball. Crystal ball. Thank you. <laughs> it's like a crystal ball <laughs> where, you know, you're like, oh, this person really likes it, that person, that person. And then you might be like, oh, nobody has ordered or paid attention to this bag in particular. Maybe I drop this bag and I don't even go into production on it because nobody actually wants it. And it gives you this crystal ball information earlier Versus you taking your money and having to hit these minimums and then sitting on product that people don't necessarily want. What we're getting into here is the modern approach to wholesale. We're seeing two primary methods of wholesale purchasing. Some months in advance, while others want orders immediately. This is a challenge for manufacturers, but it does allow you to diversify your approach. By having an amount of your products set aside for immediate purchases, as well as planning big orders ahead of time, you can create a more relaxed, more sustainable process for your business. 
So what questions do you have about any of that to start? So I guess this is probably more technical, but can you sell wholesale through your Shopify site? Mm, I mean, good question. No. You can. You can, but that means you almost have to have like a locked platform yeah. where they would go in and order. The plus side to a site like FAIR that has helped is that if you direct your own people Traffic, to there, yeah. Yeah. you don't pay the commission. Right. Because they take, as far as I know, as at the time of this recording, 25% of the first commission. So let's say I'm a store and I discover you on there and I place an order. FAIR will take 25% as commission on the first order and then 15% on other orders, like second buys, third buys, that kind of thing. And that's okay because I've worked with sales reps and reps charge like 15% sales commission, but you're usually also paying showroom fees and travel fees. So that initial 25% that they're charging at the front isn't terrible based on the acquisition of the customer. But if you direct your own traffic to fare for the transaction, you're not paying that. So you could actually still have the transactions happen on a platform like that if you want. Otherwise, there's like a little bit more of a build out if you're going to do it like with a locked platform that retailers get a password, they log into like a wholesale side of your Shopify site, and then they have to buy in certain minimums and then they check out. The other thing I want to tell you is that a lot of times buyers don't pay the second they order. They pay when it gets shipped to them. So if it's an immediate, they'll pay because they know it's on its way. But let's say you are taking orders and this is something someone wants shipped to them in May. Technically, we don't charge them until May when it's ready to ship. Shopify is kind of like a next level if you want to do your own wholesale on there. And again, it's inside of MSM, so you can go watch this part. But I teach you how to make your line sheets. There's templates in there to make your line sheets. And then you could have a hidden URL, which I talk about in there, where they can visually see the line sheet. And then if they want to buy, they click over. But wholesale does take a little bit of relationship building and salesperson stuff for you to get that conversion to happen. How do you feel about the idea of FAIR as your transaction portal? I feel like I feel like I want to catch them before they find me on FAIR on their okay. own, you know? Yeah. No, no, but no, no you can, can. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But if I can direct them there and then... You know, that takes care of the whole back end process yeah. and makes it easier for me. That's great. But- yeah, that's what I would say. So I don't love being reactive or sitting around waiting for people to find me. It's like not built into my DNA. <laughs> and I teach you this in the program, but we can dig into this. Is I actually, I love what you've done in terms of asking your customers where they shop because that has now created a store list for you. And then knowing local shops or stores that are on your dream list, and you can create a top, let's say you do a top 100 of retailers that you'd like to sell to. One thing is you don't want to have two shops on the same street. If it's a very long street, like miles and miles and miles, sure. But if they're covering the same neighborhood, really only one store should be getting your product. Otherwise, they're competing. So you probably want to do your top 100 of stores. And then you probably want to do your top, top of those. Like, you know, one main street in a neighborhood and you're like, that's the store I really want to be in. If I don't get into that store, then there's second store is the store I'm going to approach. Okay. What if there's a store, a gift shop, but it's in my community? Like, and I I also have order pickups so people can 
order online and I can pick it up from my house. So. I mean, it's up to you on if you think how much of your business is order pickup. Mm, like small. Yeah. Yeah. One out of don't, 10. Yeah, yeah. Don't worry about it. Yeah, if they yeah. still want to do order pickup and connect with you, eventually you may end up being done with that. So if it's a store in your community, start that relationship, right? Because they have okay. foot traffic. Yep. Um, and people like to see and touch and feel, you know, 100%. before they buy. So. Yeah. And handbags are almost like, same with jewelry. You try in a handbag and you walk up to a mirror to see what it looks like on you. Because first you look at it and you're like, oh, this is nice. And then you walk up to a mirror and you put it on your shoulder and you're like, oh, yeah, this is cute. So that's not a big deal. I think sell to that store that's local. It shouldn't compete. It should be fine. And you could be very honest. Like sometimes people might want to pick them up from me, but it's more because they picked local pickup, not because they're not shopping there. Yeah. Cause they don't want to pay for shipping. <laughs> yeah. Like I will drive three hours. So I don't have to pay that seven ninety nine. <laughs> it's a good thing. Our Island is small. <laughs> I so I think I want you to go with like a top 100 we need more leads. We need more places to start from to whittle it down to the percentage of people that are going to buy. So we have to always scale our number into like more ideas, more leads, because like one to 3% might end up buying out of a hundred. Hopefully we have like a higher conversion than that. But if you think about your email list for every like hundred people on it, you'll know what your conversion point is for how many people it takes to get in front of for them to buy it from you. I mean, you have a pretty amazing number right now based on your email list, but you're selling in other ways too. So let's say you start with that and you start with these stores. I would then do your investigation into these stores and decide, do they feel like the right fit? You may visit them locally. You may check out their website. You may check out their Instagram and take a look. Can you see inside the store? If they have a website, it might show you the products that they're selling. And you would want to make sure that it's got the right price point associated. Because let's say it's a very, very expensive store. And how much are your bags on average? Between 50 and 75 Okay. So under 100 So let's say you go somewhere and all of their bags are $250. Well, it may not be the right fit because they're going for a different kind of customer. Or you contact someone and all their bags are $10, $15, same idea. And I'm like, well, my stuff's going to be really expensive. Why would it sell well here? So you kind of want to find places that you're like, the right ideal customer is going to be buying a $50 to $75 bag. Whatever else is in the boutique, it feels aligned with the customer and the price point. So people are going to give you their input on stores. And then you're going to do your due diligence by searching the internet I've even found the inside of stores on Google, how you can search a store on Google and then people will show photos of like the store. They might show inside the store. And then once you're kind of familiar, like, oh yeah, this would be a great store. I've looked at these other brands. They're kind of aligned or their price points are same kind of customer would buy, I don't know what they're having in there, jewelry or candle or stationery or whatever. And then they would also buy my bag. Then I would go watch the module because I teach you how to contact stores, how to find the stores and contact them and what to email them and how to create a, not a cold call, but a warm call inside of it. This is something that's like everything that I did to build my business and to build other people's businesses that will work no matter what sales platforms exist or don't exist. But I want you to start with that top 100 and do your market research to it so that you can decide, is this the right store? Then I'll teach you inside of the program, which you already are students. You can get that info on the how. But 
what I want you to do and what I want everyone to do, and that's why like, I love what we teach inside of the program, is like that I want you to look like a million-dollar business before you've ever reached it. So really coming at it professionally. I've had students say, like, I approached the store, I booked the store, and they were so impressed because not a single product business has come to them at this point the way that I approached them. Because we've kind of turned into like a little bit of like a lazy society. We're hoping that like all these apps and platforms do the job for us. But wholesale is still a relationship type business. It's a one-on-one relationship. And if they're an established store or somebody who understands how to buy a retail store, I'll tell everybody that's listening and tell you, most of them are also not buying the majority of their product as immediates. So I have a student, they're an MSM. She's a manufacturer. She makes her product, but she also buys. And she buys like Beanie Babies, like the Thai products. So she buys... Beanie Babies for her store, she has to buy way out ahead of time from line sheets. Kind of how I told you in the very beginning of this, where it's like right now they're selling fall. She has to buy and work on that. She can't get her Beanie Babies in the same month that she wants it necessarily, unless they've got to open to sell. So stores are still dealing with manufacturers like you or makers that are also working at the same timeline. So the majority of their dollars will be spent there. And then they're going to fill in with immediate. So like they might have an extra bit of cash and they might be like, oh, I found this bad company. Yeah. I have a few hundred dollars I can spend with you in this month to buy it. But they're spending tens of thousands of dollars ahead of time because they need to make sure that their store is stocked monthly. So if we don't play the long game and the short game, they're already spending their money and they might be like, oh, I've already spent for this month. Come back to me. So we do want to get ahead of them ahead of time, more in line with the selling cycle so that they know about you ahead of time. But if they have dollars for April, May, June, they've seen you, they can approach you, they can buy. And then they're like, oh, this is crushing it. Hey, can I order for fall? Can I order for spring 2025? And then we start to move them onto like a better long lead schedule. That's good. Yeah, I kind of want to get in their ear earlier in the year rather than later because I want to get be a part of that first thousand dollars or whatever that they have to spend yeah yeah they're the same as you and me like they're also running small businesses and they also have budgets per month of what they can spend on getting product into their store because they're the same exact thing as product bosses like they have product that they need to sell that's cash tied up on the shelf and they have to work with companies that are requiring them to place orders early. And they also then are like, oh, I sold a lot of this last month. Let me try this. You know, they also have the same sort of feelings of, I'm going to order something. I'm going to try something. I'm going to add something to my store. They just don't have as much cash in the moment as they do when they're planning out what they're buying and purchasing and having in their store every month. Okay. I do have a question. So I know you guys focus on bestsellers and so how does that play into the wholesale game? Like, do I only sell that to them my very best sellers or offer them whatever? They typically I buy collections, especially uh-huh. for you as an accessory company. So what I would probably do in your initial outreach, I think we have a template for this inside of Multi-Stream Machine, and you could use that like email template. And I would drop in a picture of like our customers' favorites. They love the you know, Pua Kenny Kenny, I don't know, shoulder bag. And you may drop in an image of that and be like, and if you want to look at line sheets, here's a link to the line sheets. And so it kind of captures them in the email really fast. 
And then in your line sheet, again, in the templates, I kind of show you this, but you might have like a bestseller. Actually, inside of MSM, we have a masterclass by Jared Mayer of Pura Vida bracelets. So he's the bracelets. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So Mm -hmm. he has a whole masterclass he created for Multi-Stream Machine, which teaches you how to create an offer for your wholesale buyers that is just getting them to say yes. So go into that and watch that because when they launched... Pura Vida, which by the way, sold for like $75 million recently, only 50%. Yeah. Off $5 bracelets. So (laughs) he teaches in there, like, how can you approach a store and get them to say yes? And that strategy is kind of the same thing that you can do that you would incorporate in your bestsellers. Or you might be like these, this is our bestsellers. And then we talk to you about how to put together an offer for them that then they look at and they're like, oh yeah, okay. Yeah. I'll start with that bundle. When I say bundle, it's different in wholesale versus what we teach direct to consumer, but it's a just say yes, first order. It kicks them off. And then everything that they do after for reorders will come back in. And then the way that you drive sales is like, let's say you have a new style, a new collection, a new print. You'll be emailing your buyers and saying like, Hey, new pieces, like get your order in. And then they might order, you know, six of those bags. Or they might order the new collection and get like a new collection dropped into the store. Or they'll do reorders of like, I sold out of the bags. I need six more. That kind of thing. So to answer it about bestseller, we can lead with our bestseller. And we want to let our retailers, the same as our customers know, these are our bestsellers. And then we want to put together an offer for them that they can pick the pieces that they want according to the minimums you're going to tell them they have to buy from you. But there are ways to make an offer that incorporates your bestsellers that might be, let's say you have a 500 starting order for your retailers. We may create a $500 offer and maybe even a $1,000 offer that will incorporate your bestsellers and some other products that will present to them. And then they just have to be like, yes, I want that. Because they also have decision fatigue and you know they can look through all your line sheets and piece it together, but they're going to ask you, well, what sells? They want to sell right. what sells because they also don't want to be stuck with product. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I love wholesale for you for a busy mom who has a job and all the things that you do. Wholesale is great because you can work in seasons and you can sell more to one buyer than having to get. So like, let's say one buyer buys $1,500 worth of product from you versus you having to sell to 15 people, a hundred dollars worth of product. I know that margins and things like that change because wholesale is a different price than retail. But what that does, and it did it for my company too, is that it will start to get you in front of customers that have never discovered you online, that have never discovered you through your ads, that have never seen your website or your Instagram. And so they'll buy it. Then they're going to walk around wearing it. And someone might stop them and be like, oh, wow, what bag is that? And they're going to be like, oh, it's Pua Kenny Kenny. And that person might just pull out their phone really fast, look you up and find your Instagram. And they may buy from you directly or should be like, oh, it's this bag. I got it from that store down the street. Now this person walks into that store down the street and says, hey, do you have this bag? And now they've got demand and they're like, oh, people are coming in to buy these bags. We need to buy more bags from Anella. So either way, what happens is we're on more customers and then it's like that word of mouth and we're spreading more organically. And that will also help you balance out what you're putting towards ads dollars as well for growth and like reaching Mm -hmm. more people. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense because that's really how 
the growth is happening here because people are seeing the bags, people are seeing them use it around and, you know, they're like, oh, where did you get that? And then they come to my Instagram and stuff. So I think, you know, I do want to multiply that. And yeah. I, th- I feel like wholesale would be the kicker, especially for me being so busy. 100%. And then it's just you getting the orders, knowing when they ship and then fulfilling them and you're sending a bunch at once. And then you'll kind of treat it the same way of like contacting them to come back and buy. Like we still want to contact our buyers even once they have it. How's it going? How's the sell through? Hey, we've got this new piece. Do you need a reorder? We'll still stay in contact. One of our coaches, we have MSM Next Level. You're in that, right? Yep, I'm in that, yeah. So that's like continuation after multi-stream machine. We have this Next Level program that has like weekly coaching. And so one of our coaches is Greg and he is so good at wholesale. And he teaches like how he stays in touch with the retailers through Instagram, through emails, and how he kind of stays top of mind for them because they're so busy that they need you to say, hey, like, hey, do you need anything? How can I help? Because you're in partnership and collaboration. So I think once we start to do this, so I'd like for you to do maybe a top 100 and then plan out into your schedule. So to give you some action items, plan into your schedule, reaching out to 10 stores a day, going through what I teach you inside of the program and using the template. And then you're going to do follow-up to them. And you can think about, you're going to need 10 days to reach out to 10 stores. So you can decide based on your schedule, like how you're going to pace this. And then see, like, I wouldn't start with your best, best top stores. Like I wouldn't reach out to the like four seasons, you know, in Maui as your first store that you reach out to, because I want you to get like warmed up and kind of get like, you know, so test it with the local store maybe. And learn from that local store and learn like what they ask and what they want to see. And then go to another friendly and see how that goes. And as you start to feel more confident, then you could reach to your like top stores that you want to sell to. And if your top stores say no, then you can go to your secondary store. And then I would love to see you out of that 100 people close 10 retailers in the next 30 days. And I think you could do it. And then let's say we get those 10 retailers... And I'm just throwing a number out, like I know nothing about like your price points specifically, but those 10 retailers buy on average $500 initial orders. That's 5,000 now that we've added on to your revenue. And that's just their first order, not their reorder. So you can see how you can quickly now imagine you have 5,000 direct to consumer coming in and 5,000 a month coming from 10 stores buying $500 orders from you. Now we've jumped you to a $10,000 a month company, which is that idea of multi-stream machine or multi-sales channels. We've taken one place where you work really hard to make the sales and we've added on another sales channel that can double your revenue instantly. And then all of that can continue to grow. That's good. Yeah. I'm excited. (laughs) Thank you. Now I have to close 10 stores in the next 30 days. I'll give you Can that. do though, can do. I know. You're like, meanwhile, no, you know, that's just like, it'll give you a goal. If you don't hit that yeah. or you're like, you know, I'm going to try for five, yeah. go for five. And you'll just start to see what your close rate is. I contact this many people, this many people respond. You'll start to just know, okay, I have to reach out to X, this bigger pool to whittle it down to this many people. Because eventually, it really truthfully does turn into math. We all take it personally, but it actually, it's really just a math problem. It's like knowing if I get in front of 100 people, every 100 people I get in front of, I can get 10 people to convert. Awesome. Then we have like a math problem we're working against versus like a, 
feeling like we're floundering or we don't know what's going to happen. Like we just know like, okay, this is our percentage of close. Mm -hmm. For sure. All right. So I think you're on your way. Would you mind um, letting us know how we can buy from you and support you and follow you? Yeah, I'm on Instagram at Pua Kenny Kenny Designs. Amazing. We'll put that all in the show notes as well so everyone can just click. Thank you so much. And I hope that people support you. And if they're on the islands, they can shop and actually meet you in person and then hopefully be able to discover you in some of their retail shops as well. Awesome. Thank you. Mahalo. Anel is on track to hitting her revenue goals. In fact, before she became a student inside of Multistream Machine, I don't even think that these were realistic goals that she could have ever even dreamt of. But she jumped into the program and now she has a clear course of action to close that gap and to dream bigger. Taking advantage of multiple streams of revenue, she's going to find that it's mostly a matter of reaching out to the right amount of businesses. It's all math. And hopefully she's going to take a look at all of her commitments and make some decisions about where her time is going so she'll have the space she needs to grow her business. Running a business, especially in the early stages, is time-consuming. And when you're wearing all of the hats. You may not have time to do everything you want, but you started this business for a reason. And if it's important to you, you'll find the time to make it work. I just don't want you to do it at 3 a.m. in the middle of the night. I know you have it in you and know that I'm rooting for you and your success. If this was helpful to you, please share it with a fellow product-based business owner. I think this is such an important message for people to hear. I am so glad that you are here with me twice a week on the podcast. I love when you share it and I absolutely love some of the reviews that are coming in. They just make my heart light up that you are really liking these coaching sessions. So thank you to all of you that are leaving reviews for the podcast. All right, I'll see you in the next show. Thank you for being here and listening all the way through the Product Boss Podcast. If you love our show and it has helped you in any way in your business, would you mind doing two things for us? Subscribe to the show so you never miss an episode and leave us a review. Reviews help other product entrepreneurs know that this is the place to be to grow their businesses and realize that they're not alone. And we know that you all know that a five-star and honest review helps you sell more products to more people. So you know that your reviews help us reach more listeners around the world. Remember, what we give is what we receive, and we are all about helping each other in the Product Boss community. We are all in this together. We would be so appreciative of you if you could take the time right now to subscribe, leave a review, and even share this episode on social or someone you know so we can impact more lives. And remember, subscribing means that you will get notified each time we release a new episode so you never miss a thing. You have helped us grow and climb into the top 10 of all marketing podcasts and together we can keep climbing. Thank you, friends. And remember, there is room at the top for all of us.